previously on the prompt. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to Sylvia in the other room and say, hey, timer coalescing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's business right there. Welcome to the prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. Hello, welcome to episode two. My name is Mike Hurley. Welcome back to to the prompt. I am joined as always, as I always will be, and hope to be forever, by Mr. Stephen Hackett and Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, guys. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good myself. And you? I'm very well. We made it to episode two. We're here. Yeah, yeah, we made it. What a week. Should I yes. say it's going to be a big week again? It's Well, I, I don't think that any of us could have you know, ever imagined how big last week was going to be. The, People, people love the prompt, I think. Or at least we're tricked into listening to one episode. No, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, so um, number two in the U.S., I think. We never, we may, never made number one. Mm-hmm. It's hard to beat the, uh, the National Public Radio guys. But they're good competition. So, yeah, and, uh, we, we were flying high in the iTunes chart for the, for the week and... Everyone, all the comments we've received, you know, on on Twitter and app.net, even on iTunes, everyone's been really positive about the show. So, thank you all for listening. Like, it, you know, really, really pleased that you that you li- enjoyed the show and that you're back again this week to listen to us. It was humbling and overwhelming. I think is probably the way to put it. And uh, really, really pleased that you guys decided to check out the show and that you enjoyed it so much. And as the show continues to grow, as it is, and you know, think more awesome things are happening and you've already heard one of them that we're trying to do to make the show really be a lot of fun and stand out so we hope that you continue to enjoy it as much as we do yeah buddy yeah buddy so steven you have some some follow-up for us i do so last week uh we were talking about a piece of os 10 technology and federico if you could say the name of that technology for us do you really want me to yes i do Okay, so we were talking about timer quality. Yeah, we were. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, and uh, we made, you know, I think someone asked me if, if I thought that was a byproduct of Apple's tight hardware and software integration, and I said yes. And uh, I said that I didn't think that's something Windows had. Turns out I was incorrect. And several people sent this in, um, but uh, we are quoting... Sai Wizam, Sai Wizam on Twitter, and uh, they, he or she or it, links to an MSDN article uh, from 2009 where uh, Microsoft outlines timer coalescing in a Windows 7 and Windows Server 2008 release 2. Um, so it is around um, in Windows. It, 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 from my brief reading, it seems like it's Pretty similar to what OS X Mavericks is doing, where they're using software timers to increase um, or to kind of line up all these calls to the processor. So it's, instead of being on all the time, it's off and then on and off and then on, and that saves power. Um, so good for Microsoft. Um, Apple is apparently following their lead in this, at least with OS X. And uh, if you want to read a very exciting MSDN article, you can find that link in the show notes. Where are the show notes, Stephen? The show notes, Michael, are at 5x5.tv slash prompt slash two. 
Now, timer coalescing, and I can't say it the way it should be said, I think has taken the world by storm. Like, yeah, that I think of everything that's happened. Timer coalescing, that's business right there. It's it's run away of itself. Federico's amazing words from the previous episode, they 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 become like a cult sensation. Can I play the music? Um, oh yeah, come on, yeah, I'm playing it. Should do it. Seriously, are we doing this? Yeah, seriously. Oh man, this is so good. Yeah, timer coalescing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Yeah, hey, timer coalescing. You know? How amazing is that? It's pretty good. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Steve Ballmer going up on stage and say "timer coalescing"? He would totally. I mean, do that. All, all sweaty and I don't know, <laughs> agitated. <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, yeah, and I mean, they invented the, the technology apparently. So we should look for a video. Maybe maybe there's a video somewhere. So, uh, any any video of Bomber on stage, he's usually sweaty and running around saying crazy things. Mm, it's kind yeah, of his thing. This, this, I, I, I want to thank um, at Prashit for that incredible music that he made. Of is it anyone else's ringtone? Because it's it's mine. I hadn't thought of that, but I think it's about to become a ringtone. Um, so we have a little more follow up on OS ten. Um, also in that conversation, the question came up of. Uh, this idea of iOS and OS 10 merging somehow. And, you know, that's been, well, as we discussed, that's kind of been talked about for a while. And uh, we have a block quote uh, over on Daring Fireball. Uh, John Gruber quotes Gus Mueller saying um, that multiple times during the keynote, we heard an exec say, quote, 10 years in reference to needing a new case design for the Mac Pro or coming up with new names for OS 10. And I'd forgotten about that. But when they introduced OS X, quote, Mavericks, you know, they said, we need a new naming scheme for the next 10 years. And, uh, you know, that's a small detail, but uh, I don't know if that's enough to build a case uh, for OS X staying independent of iOS. But it's, um, it's food for thought. And, you know, I stand by what I said last week. I don't think they're combining anytime soon. But um, this is just one more, you know, little hint that, that Apple's not doing anything crazy. I think you you also have to consider that uh, with iOS devices you have the the only source of, of software is the is the App Store, and I'm, so I'm trying to imagine a redesign of OS X by by, John, by Johnny Ive, and uh, and I wonder if doing that kind of redesign on, on OS X could be a little more problematic, as in there are a lot of apps. I mean, there's Photoshop and there's the entire, uh, what's the new name, CC, Suit, by Adobe. So, and, and I'm wondering if uh, trying to do that kind of change on the Mac, uh, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take years, not, I mean, three or four months, like iOS developers have now to, to update their apps for the App Store. So, I think it, it, if Apple is ever going to do that kind of major design change, I don't think it would be as easy and as quick as three or four months as they're doing now on iOS 7. Yeah, I heard a little thing about that yesterday. Um, uh, looking at the product materials for OS 10 and iOS and how they look very similar. Um, 
And obviously, OS X did not receive this light, airy, thin Helvetica redesign that we see on iOS 7. And so I posted that, and a couple of people on app.net and Twitter were asking, like, well, do you think it's still possible that we just haven't seen, you know, the Mavericks really does have a redesign, we haven't seen it yet. And I, I don't think that's true for exactly what you just said, Petici, that um, it is potentially a lot more work um, for developers and, and for Apple, really, right? Because there's multiple frameworks, there's... God knows how many APIs and UI kit tools and all sorts of crazy stuff for OS X, where iOS is a much, while iOS is complicated, it is much simpler and much narrower and focused than OS X. And uh, I really don't see, you know, OS X getting this drastic overhaul. Um, I mean, obviously not this time around, uh, you know, maybe one day, but I really don't think it's needed at this point. You know, iOS 6, if you look at, all the screenshots from iPhone OS one all the way to iOS six, like it's basically the same, and that's uh, a long time. And mobile development and the mobile landscape moves a lot faster than the desktop landscape. And I think it was just clear that Apple needed to do something, and I don't think they're in that position uh, with OS ten quite yet. And you also have to wonder about uh, the, the structure of OS ten itself. I mean. Uh, on the Mac, you have all these overlapping windows and 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 pop-ups and and the menu bar and the dock, and whereas on iOS you only have a, a single screen for each app. So I wonder if all this tra- transparency and and layering thing that they're going with on iOS 7, I'm trying to imagine just how messy it, it will look like on, on a Mac on a, on a typical desktop or Finder window. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot, uh, a lot more to consider. And, you know, uh, I think it's fine. I'm not. I don't think people are uh, going to Cupertino with pitchforks, as we talked about last week. No. To, they're going with flags. To see they're going with flags and maybe small cheeses uh, to redesign the rest of them. <laughs> I think that's the, all the follow-up I have. Anybody else have anything they want to uh, cover from last week that we screwed up? We didn't screw up anything. We just wanted to give our listeners something to think about. Some proper information. <laughs> I was just dead wrong about Windows, but who knew? Yeah. I, I don't remember reading that about Windows 7. But I mean, is it... I, I apologize deeply, gentlemen. Is it as, like, deeply integrated, do you know? Like, I mean, it exists, but do they really uh, use it? Seems it seems similar. Um, you know, as many different ways as there are to make Mac apps, there's even more ways to make Windows apps. So, you know, I'm sure it's not as... Uh, uniformly available as it is on OS X. But wait, uh, wait, wait a second. There are Windows apps. Apparently, oh. you know. Oh, I so the only app was like Firefox and, it, and maybe Google Chrome. Yeah. So it, it's it, it all just runs inside Google Chrome. Uh, you know, that's really funny. Not to side route our conversation, but I'm going to the. The app situation on Windows isn't very good. You know, back in the day, we're going to talk about Apple in the 90s here in a minute, but that was always the argument in the 90s, or that was one of the arguments, that, like, there were no apps for the Macintosh, and, like, all your applications were available on Windows. And I feel like that's really shifted. Like, I run Windows a fair amount, and, like, there's not... there, There's lots of options, but none of them are very good. Like, even something as simple as a WordPress client, like... There are a couple open source projects here and there, but like there's nothing that even comes close to Mars at it. And you know, that is example after example where like Windows software is just really crummy. 
So who knows? Like it might be in timer coalescing might be in Windows Seven, but you know, I'm sure the percentage of developers that use it, uh, if it is optional, is probably much lower than what we'll see on OS ten at some point. So like, I've been th- I've been thinking about Metro and Windows eight quite a lot, and um, you know, I've been thinking about like apps that are on there. Like, and I wonder how developers feel because that like the visual style and the way that apps are meant to be navigated is so restricted, like. It's like kind of like this is how they should look. This is how they should interact. And to fit within that style, you kind of need to be that way, you know. And I, I wonder how developers feel about it. Like, do they want to create an application where, like, they kind of most of the apps look very, very similar, um, you know, to fit in? And, and you kind of lose a lot of the personality, I think. And I wonder how, how they feel about that. I mean, that's what people are saying about iOS 7 is there's – I think there's a, a – part of the community that fears that every app is going to be lots of white space and just text buttons and the things like Tweetbot and, and, you know, apps that have personality, I think is the word Sean Blanc uses for it, which I think is really good. Um, that apps with personality will be going away. And I, I think iOS is less restrictive than Metro in that way. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I guess it, it takes, I mean, the personality might change, right? So, you know, what we have at the moment is apps that have personality in a certain way, and maybe, you know, personality will be different, but it will be, like, cleaner looking, but there will be, I don't know, like, cool little animations or whatever that happen. Because it seems like animations might be a new thing, right? Apple were using lots of funky animations all over the place in iOS 7, so maybe that's one of the things that they that maybe app developers might, might latch on to. Yeah, I could see that. Like, like maybe you adopt a certain style of animation or yeah. a certain like custom thing that you know only you and maybe your you know close apps have. Like instead of like uh, custom like buttons and stuff and dialog boxes, you might have like I don't know custom when you I don't know say you say in Tweetbot like when you when you press the tweet button it might like explode into a pile of stars. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't. This is why I don't uh, develop applications. That's that's really good. No, I think that. Um, uh, I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you know, Marco Arman is is developing a new application, and I've heard that when you go to delete an item in his in his application, it's just like a like a ball of fire explodes. So, and then there's loads of money that comes out afterwards. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Speak. I, I think it's time to take a break. <laughs> after that right yeah after i think you- it's it's just time to cut you off and okay. talk about something we like so you're going to cut me off and i'm going to talk about the sponsor i'm going to cut your current train of thought off yes that's always a good thing to do with me yep let's talk about squarespace.com those guys they should never be cut off squarespace.com they give you absolutely everything that you need to make an amazing website squarespace is a fully hosted completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website blog portfolio site for your business online store it doesn't matter what you want to create you can find your space with squarespace it doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to building websites you can put something amazing online in just minutes you don't have to worry about design hosting scaling integrating with other services because squarespace take care of it all they have beautiful themes the templates are fantastic All Squarespace sites have their own personality because you can create them and lay them out however you want. You can use their page building system called Layout Engine create custom layouts for each of your pages and they will look fantastic. They have 
great WYSIWYG design tools as well, so you can change colors and fonts and all of that stuff really, really easily, all within the web browser. It's a very, very powerful system. They have great apps which allow you to view your built-in statistics. So you, you know, they build in page view systems and stuff, so you can see who's coming to your site and who, you know, what searches are coming to you. It's all built in. You don't have to install anything, and you can view all of this information on their iOS and Android apps, as well as managing your site and posting as well. They have Squarespace Commerce, so you can sell things online. They have twenty-four-seven customer support, blog importers, so much more. I can't even fit it into the show. Go to squarespace.com, find out more about Squarespace, sign up yourself. Maybe you've got a friend or a family member that who needs, they need a website. Squarespace is going to be the right thing for them. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month and use the code 70 decibels 6 and you'll get 10% off your first order with Squarespace who give you everything that you need to make an amazing website. Go check them out now and thank you to Squarespace for supporting the prompt. So, uh, end of last week, I think, um, we saw, yeah, on Friday, the trailer for the movie Jobs, which stars Ashton Kutcher as Steve Jobs, premiered. Now, this movie has been delayed a little bit. It was originally scheduled for release in April, um, but now it's going to be scheduled for release in August. Now, I believe we've all seen this trailer. Yes. And I yes. have I have not really, and, and we've kind of, I think... Hang on, hang on, but... Are you prepared to fire the spoiler horn? People don't know what happened to Steve Jobs in the 80s. We could ruin it by talking about the trailer. I just made more work for you. I'm not. You should do it. Really? Yes, do it. Okay. Yeah, the trailer's good. Um, You know, they released a, I guess, like a teaser, I I don't know what, six months ago or something. And, like, it it looked kind of bad. Do you guys remember that? It was real brief, like just one scene of Jobs and Waz. And, yeah, I think uh, it was the it was the promo video for for Sundance. Yes, exactly. Bingo. And it was, I was like, oh no. Um, but this trailer is like two two and a half minutes, um, and it's pretty good. We we really can't go much further though without talking about a relatively shallow fact. That Ashton looks just like Steve Jobs, like it's creepy, right? Yeah, uh, but I think that stood out to me, um, and I noticed this in a, in a couple of parts in the trailer. Uh, his voice uh, really sounds like Steve in some sections of the yeah. video, but in other sections you can you can hear it, it's actually not Steve. So I noticed this weird. I don't know, maybe difference between uh, various tones like, and, and various yeah. uh, uh, like speeds and, and the way he talks. I don't know, just a, a really, a really minor detail, but but I noticed it, and uh, and I think that maybe uh, that was related to the fact that uh, a movie is shot across I don't know several weeks or months, so maybe later in production he he really tried to to. To emulate Steve's voice, uh, whereas maybe in the beginning he wasn't as sure. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it definitely feels like you're watching a clip of that '70s show. Um, yeah. And may- maybe, maybe this movie is the sequel to that '70s show. Maybe Steve Jobs really grew up smoking pot in Wisconsin. But um, it, I, I, I get what you're saying. I feel the same way about the visuals. Sometimes, like sometimes he really looks like Steve Jobs, and then sometimes he looks 
not at all like Steve Jobs. But all in all, I think it's a it's an interesting choice. Um, I think they chose him due to his physical likeness. But um, so so the trailer just to go through it quickly. Uh, it's the we see Steve leaving college. We see him seeing the original Apple. And it's basically chronological, just little snapshots of the Apple II, where you see Steve Jobs walking into the West Coast Computer Fair to introduce the Apple II. Uh, you see him working on the Macintosh. And there's a little clip that I absolutely love this clip. It's He's talking with a bunch of engineers or designers or somebody, and one guy's like, typefaces aren't a uh, top priority. And he's just like, get out. <laughs> uh, which which I, I actually laughed out loud at like in my office by myself. There was a lot more comedy in the in the trailer than I was necessarily expecting. Um, I think that maybe I don't know if the movie takes that tone. I've kind of avoided reviews because I don't want to be jaded. I want to. I want to actually. I do actually want to see this movie. Maybe they put more comedy in the trailer, like to intrigue people. Um, yeah. but, but the tone I, I was good that, though. There probably won't be any explosions because there were no explosions in the trailer. That's true. Actually, a little disappointing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is, there is a Macklemore song playing in the background. I mean, I expected was to start rapping. <laughs> I, lo- I thought that it was a great um, song choice. For- yeah, sure, I get that, because you, wanna, you want the trailer to, to be, I don't know, uh, successful and trendy and, and, and friendly with, with people, but I just found it... Uh, I mean, I wonder, couldn't have they just, you know, chosen something like the Beatles or... I don't know, something more appropriate. I mean, you see Steve Jobs and then you hear Macklemore. It's a little, it's a little jarring, but I think, I think for this movie to be successful, it has to have some sort of self-awareness. Um, not to be meta, but I think it has to kind of not poke fun of itself, but it has to, the movie has to be aware that, uh, of what it is. It's, um, I'm interested to see, like, because the trailer shows clips from, like, a lot of Jobs' life, right? Lots of pivotal moments. And I'm wondering how they're going to fit it all in. Like, we start with him in, like, college, and then it goes all the way up to, like, the last sort of scene is the introduction of the iPod, which I yeah. really like that, actually. Like, that last scene where he's, he's, like, his head is, like... Okay, I have a beef about the last scene. All right, what is it? So, when they announced the iPod, they did it in 2001. Uh, yeah. And they did it at the Apple Town Hall. You know, they've got oh, that wow. big. Are you really doing this? And so, like, the scene, it, like, swoops around, and they don't reveal Ashton as an old Steve Jobs, but you see his reflection for a second. But it's, like, black, and he's obviously standing in a spotlight, which is not how they do things at the the little theater there on campus. It's Unless like, maybe that's the introduction of the iPod video. And... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, because I think a long time ago, and they're talking about this movie that this is in three acts. It's the Apple, it's the Macintosh, and it's the iPod. And I, I mean, that's really pedantic of me to, mm. to say, I guess. But that's my job on the show is 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 to be upset about that sort of thing. So, but I'm excited. I mean, you guys, uh, assuming that it comes out in your countries, you guys will go see it. Wow, really? I mean, oh, you guys. I mean. For- you guys always complain. Good. You always complain to me about like movies not coming or like you can't buy a Kindle Fire or whatever it is. So I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, thanks for getting me to think about the Italian version. Now I gotta think about Steve Jobs speaking Italian. Yeah, that's great. I'm and, sorry. Um, I know you're touchy <laughs> because your president went to jail this week or something, but 
Oh, you mean Silvio? He's gone. It, well, it's not my president first. King, and whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Second, he didn't go to jail. He, he's a free man still because of the Italian system. I don't know what's up, but he's still out there and God knows what he's doing. And, but <laughs> speak, speaking of the movie, uh, I wanted to add that. Uh, I wanted to. Why are you guys always laughing about Silvio? Because it's just, it's so fun. I mean, it's not funny. It's tragic. A world leader it's, should it's, not. It's a wild story. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have reached the point where uh, every story about Berlusconi, um, it almost feel, feels so unnatural that I, 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 I don't cry or laugh or, or be concerned anymore. It, it just exists out there. A person like, like him doing the stuff he does or maybe not doing it i don't know it, it, it just is so anyway i was saying um the thing that i saw in the trailer and that i'm quite concerned about is the cheeky romanticism of um of the scene where steve job is apparently kissing with a girl and reading a letter from his daughter and, right uh, and, I, and, I, and I'm a little concerned that Hollywood is trying to paint this uh, absurdly uh, romantic figure that's, who struggles with, a, with this huge company. And I don't know, it's just the kind of thing that you see in the movies and that knowing the kind of company and the kind of man that we are told Steve was, was uh, I just don't. I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to see that in a movie. So uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, and you know that's that's really uh, an interesting point. I mean, Steve's relationship with his daughter, and uh, that's. I mean, even in in the book, uh, in the biography, and some other things, like it, you always hear slightly different versions, and I do think that's probably going to be played up, and. Um, I think that's yeah. unfortunate because I really want I want this movie to be historically accurate, and most of what's in the trailer seems somewhat accurate, right? He's ousted. There's a scene with him and Scully, and I hope that they that it, it is historic. Mainly because if it's not, then people like me are going to be arguing with everybody for the rest of our lives. Mm. Uh, so I wanted to move from the trailer and kind of have a more meta conversation. Um, about Apple itself. And I was I was sitting here watching this trailer and, and I had two ideas that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, you know, it's it's understandable that there's a movie about Steve Jobs, right? He was, a, uh, whether you like Apple's products or not, it's very hard to argue that Steve Jobs didn't have a huge influence on the personal computer industry, the music industry, uh, electronics, you know, consumer electronics as a whole. But what's, that's one thing. To, but the other thing, and the thing that's more interesting to me, is the whole, um, I mean, people call it a cult, and so we'll use that word, uh, around Apple. And Apple, as far as I can tell, is one of the very few companies, if not the only company, that enjoys this really large ecosystem of people talking about it and writing about it. You don't see linkless bloggers talk about Samsung. You know, they're they're all Apple based. Um, and I wanted to just kind of open it up and see, you know, uh, 
what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Well, I guess <clears throat> first, um, I wonder exactly why you mean by cult. I mean, is are we talking about something that some people refer to almost as a religion, or are we really just talking about uh, a really vocal user base, or are we talking about people lining up at the Apple Store waiting for the new iPhone? Uh, I mean, sure, Apple is successful, uh, and we know that. But uh, but I wonder if if the if we are talking about the kind of uh, crazy uh, fans. Uh, oh my God! I'm go- I'm going to Justin Bieber's concert. Kind of <laughs> user base, or right. are we talking about a very, uh, I guess, um, persistent uh, kind of uh, people who who write on the internet on a daily basis? And my second point is: Are we really sure that? I mean, there must be a John Gruber of Samsung out there. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like when um, so you know, I have another show on Five by Five called Bionic, and on I that, thought we were the only ones that you did a show with. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> and for a while, like me and Matt were trying to to find that person um, in and with Android, right? So we would mm-hmm. for a long time like trying to find like a blog like Stevens or a blog like Sean Blanc's or a blog like John Gruber's um, where it's like a single person who talks with real passion uh, it with like taste and you know not trolling about right. Android right and we couldn't find one and we have like staunch Android fans and users that listen to the show, and for weeks we would say, like, "Do you, have you got anyone? And no one. No one would do it. Like, I even knew a couple of people that tried it. Like, they would start it, a, a site like that, you know? And then they just didn't stick to it. Because I don't know if there is a... The culture I don't know if there's there. an audience for something like that. Like, there are, there are sites that have multiple people contributing to them, like your site, Federico. Right, where you know you you get like an Android site where there's like um, multiple contributors and and it's like um, news as well as opinion and reviews, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and like one there's a couple that I actually do read, but but they're maybe more akin to like an Engadget or something, you know, like um, one that I read called like called Android Central, um, but it doesn't seem like that that culture like that part of the culture like the tech like this this hub of people around technology it doesn't seem like they're going there and it's like they it seems that these hubs of android like the the people that really care about them like for it's a forums so like there's a site called xda developers which mm-hmm. is like a hacking forum but it's got all sorts of android stuff there that's where everyone's like, oh, you should go to XDA. But that's not what I'm looking for. Like, that couldn't be less what I'm looking for, you know? Like, that is the total opposite. Like, a bunch of people contributing to a forum talking about how to hack a HTC One is 100% not the thing I'm looking for. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, to, to answer the Federico's question, 
I think we have to look in the past. And I, I would argue that the term cult um, is less representative of what we have today than what we had maybe 15 or 20 years ago. So if you think about Apple uh, in the 90s, right? Uh, they have a lot of competing product lines. They have a string of rather unfortunate CEOs, and they are uh, burning through cash uh, as fast as as fast as you can. At that point, the 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 community that kept Apple alive, for the most part, were very excitable. Uh, very hardcore fans, and a lot of them were, you know, professional video guys, professional music guys, that sort of thing. Uh, page layout was huge, and I think within those ranks, you had people who um, were very much devoted to the company, and not because Apple was churning out great stuff, because for the most part they weren't, but they were in love with the idea of Apple, and I think that's what separates. Um, uh, these Apple from other companies is there is a there is a philosophy there is a theology around Apple uh, that Apple is special. Uh, I mean, you 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 don't have to go very far uh, to find, run into Steve Job quotes about uh, changing the world and making dents in the universe. I think people really latched onto that, even though Jobs wasn't there in the '90s. Those people were in love with the idea that Steve Jobs had planted uh, with the original Macintosh and even with the, the Apple one and two that Apple was taking on the world and that they were going to change the world for the better through hardware and software. And today I think we see less of that. I think it's diluted because the fan base is much larger. Obviously Apple's more popular than it's ever been. And there are, you know, people who just like, you know, like my mom who has a, you know, an iPhone and a MacBook pro, but you know, doesn't read during Fireball, barely reads my site. And she's a fan of Apple's, but she's not like hardcore like like those people in the 90s were and maybe to an extent some of us are today. Uh, does, it, does, that, does that make sense at all? That was kind of rambly. But No, that makes yes. perfect sense. Like what, what I kind of take from it is Apple fans don't need to be like that anymore because there's not a company to save anymore. Like, you don't need to evangelize Apple to people anymore. Like, even when, like, I started out in the Mac in 2005, you know, things were starting to definitely pick up then with the iPod and stuff. But I had, to, you know, when my friends were looking to buy a new computer, I was like, get a Mac. This is why you should get a Mac. Let me show you these things, you know. And then I would go through, like, the photo booth demo and stuff, right? The things that would win people over. But recently, like, three of Sammy's friends have bought a MacBook Pro. Like, that wouldn't have happened five years ago. Just random, non-nerdy people. Yeah, like, nobody needed to tell them. they That was the computers they wanted. They wanted MacBook Air. Well, one of them bought a MacBook Air, and two of them bought MacBook Pros. And she has a MacBook Pro from work, and she will buy her own Macs in the future. Like, I didn't need to interject. Nobody did. They had iPhones and they had iPads. Right. So well, that's because, I mean, Apple enjoys a cultural awareness that they, that they really never have yeah. in the past. So yeah, it's just, that's why I think like, that, cult, that cult mentality has probably fallen by the wayside because, you know, well, yeah. to a point, I don't know. Yeah, and I think Apple itself tries to hold on to it. Uh, I mean, you 
think about the Think Different campaign and you think about the Design by Apple in California campaign that they're running now, they're very different because they speak to different audiences. But the idea, I think, is the same that Apple is uh, unique and Apple is special. And I think that Design by Apple in California, uh, which is a wordy thing, but I think it is designed to almost to an extent to rekindle that a little bit, to say we are special and you should be on board with us because we are. I think that even if Apple, as you said, Mike, maybe doesn't, doesn't need to, to, to promote this message as strong as they did 10 or 20 years ago because people right now are going out and buying Apple products on, the, on their own. I think that we still have to wonder why other companies like Sony or Nintendo or maybe even Samsung uh, aren't getting the same kind of loyal following that, that Apple has. And uh, so when Stephen asked me to, to think about this, this question last week, um, I thought about this very deeply and, uh, and I think that there are several reasons and several context that, that we need to keep, to keep in mind and consider. Um, uh, the primary reason that I keep coming back to is that uh, I think a company needs to have a grand but simple vision. Because when the, when the message is too complex, and a, and a complex message is reflected by a complex product, product line, I think that people get confused and, and just don't have the time or, or the appreciation for a company's uh, message or vision. For, for instance, um, do people care about the dishwashers that Samsung makes? Do people have connections? And I'm not talking about on a, on, a, on, a, on a user level, but on a personal level, do they feel a connection with the television that, that, that of Sony or, I don't know, maybe, again, Samsung that they're buying? I think that many companies don't have the, that kind of, uh, of cult or loyal following that Apple has because they are just too complex to follow. They are just too, uh, too, like too differentiated. Yeah, they're, they're too, they have too many things, all right? They're, they're selling too many things, and, and as, a, as a customer, you can feel that kind of separation between branches inside the same company. Whereas when I see Apple, I see the, the Think Different campaign, and I see Design by Apple in California, and I hear Tim Cook saying, our goal is always to make great products that change people's lives through technology. And that's a very simple message. And when you go to Apple's website, you can see that message reflected in a, in a simple product line. You have the mobile devices, you have the computers, and you have the software. And you have the services. Although we could you know, argue about those, but that's not the point right now. So um, I kept thinking about other kinds of companies that have this kind of vision and determination to to do one thing and do it extremely well and do it extremely simple and i think that the the one that really gets closer to apple is nintendo so you guys know that i'm a i'm a nintendo fan of course because i've, I've been playing with nintendo consoles since i was uh five or six maybe 
Mm-hmm. But I think that there is a, a, layer, a real similarity between between the two companies in that if Apple wants to to change people's lives and, and make them better through great products and technology, Nintendo's focus has always been to 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 make people's lives a little more enjoyable through games and through hardware, of course. And so when I I, when I was thinking about more reasons between the, 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 the following that Apple has, uh, of course, I, I thought of Steve Jobs. And when I came up with Nintendo as, a, as, a, as another possible candidate for this theory, um, I thought, of course, not of Nintendo's past president or current president, but I thought of Shigeru Miyamoto, who is a... The creator of Super Mario and and Zelda and 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 all those big big Nintendo franchises, and uh, and when I think about does Nintendo have a loyal historic following, and I think that the the, the answer is a, is a resonating yes, uh, and I think that when people think of Nintendo, at least people like me who have been following Nintendo for the past decades they think of Miyamoto's work. So I think that my second reason behind why a, a company gets to reach that kind of level of, of loyalty and following uh, is also attributable to the fact that a company needs a single figure, a single person who gets to to kind of embody that brand and that simple message so for apple you have steve jobs and for nintendo you have shigeru miyamoto and although people may not know steve jobs of shigeru miyamoto they most definitely have heard at least once in their lifetime about these two people so on the other hand i think about companies like samsung or htc uh, or even sony and i ask myself do these companies have a, a single human being whom I can relate to, whom I can, I don't know, maybe quote. Uh, and I think that's a, uh, I don't know, I've gone uh, maybe a bit too far. What do you guys think? I mean, I think, so about the embodiment, I really think that's an important thing that you have a figure, a person, or maybe a group of people that embody the spirit of the company and the spirit that people find attractive in the company. Um, and I think that's something Apple is struggling with right now. Uh, you know, people ask if if Apple can continue the the course of success under Tim Cook. I think there's a subtext to that question of can Tim Cook uh, be that person that embodies Apple? And I would say no. And I would say right after that that Johnny Ive is becoming that person. And that when you look at Apple's products, you see um, Johnny Ive and his work and his vision and philosophy in those products, just the, the same way you saw Steve Jobs' vision and philosophy in the products uh, up until a couple years ago. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. So let me yeah, ask you. Let me ask you this, you know, Federico or Stephen. Does Apple have that person now? Like, is Tim Cook that embodiment? Like, you know, does the average 
person on the street know Tim Cook or you know in the way that they knew Steve? I don't think so. No, uh, I don't. I don't. I, even, I don't think Johnny Ive is that guy. In that regard, Johnny Ive isn't that guy either. I do think he embodies it more than Tim, but I don't think either of them are a household name. Do you think it might be different? Like, do you think that the company might look different if Johnny was able or willing to go on stage? Like, do you think that he might be able to do what Steve did, like in the way that he presents and to create the reality distortion field? Because, like, he definitely does it on the videos. Um, do you think that it would maybe that maybe Johnny would have the ability to to um, embody and escalate to the level that Steve was? Uh, I think you could get closer than Tim. Yeah, and and I think I, mean, I don't really know why Johnny doesn't get on stage. I think part of it is that he's genuinely a, a private and maybe even shy person. But I I wonder too if. Uh, he doesn't go on stage so Tim can remain the more public figure, right? So, like, Johnny Ives is in charge of all product design, hardware, and software. I think you can build a case pretty easily that Johnny Ives could be the next CEO of Apple. And if Tim Cook doesn't retain that public spot, then, uh, then maybe Johnny becomes that sort of by default in some people's mind. Like, I don't know if Apple wants that or not. Tim Cook is more of a CEO than Steve Jobs. Like, if you think of what a CEO embodies and what they do, like, I think that that has changed these days. Steve Jobs changed that, and now the CEOs of all companies have to be incredible presenters and be on stage for every product launch. But if you think of, like, what, what a CEO's job is, like, Tim is probably more suited to that, and he probably did a lot of what he does now anyway. When I would say that, that Tim Cook is, is more a traditional CEO than Steve Jobs was. Steve, Steve Jobs was Tim Cook plus Johnny Ive in many ways, right? He, the, the buck, every buck stopped with him. Where I think now some things fall to Tim, some things fall to, to Johnny, some things fall to other people because it's, it's a more uh, traditional structure. Which, of course, loses some of the magic we're talking about. Yeah. I think that we shouldn't confuse the, the role of a CEO with the role of a leader. Because the way I see it, Steve Jobs was a leader, was, a, was the person who went out and announced the iPhone, announced the iPod. The person that you remember in a specific moment of your life, you can say, oh, yeah, I remember when, when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone. Uh, or oh, I remember when Steve Jobs took the wraps of the iMac. And, uh, and I think that clearly two years ago, Apple needed a CEO. And, and I think that Tim Cook is perfect for, for that kind of role. Uh, I'm just wondering who's going to be the leader when Apple will eventually enter a major new product category. And I, and I, I, I don't know if, if Johnny Ive or, or Tim Cook can be those two leaders. So it'll be interesting to, to, to see how the, you know, the situation on, on stage at Apple keynotes changes over time. Yeah, and that's not to... I, mean, I don't think any of us are speaking 
ill or looking down upon what Cook and Ivan and the other guys have done. It's just Steve Jobs left literally the biggest shoes in the world to fill. Yep. Uh, not only Apple's insane success under his return, but this what you know whatever we've been talking about for half an hour, this cult following, this uh, extreme fandom that people have for Apple and for Steve. And now what we kind of see is an unwinding of that. We see how much of that was about Steve Jobs and how much of that was about Apple. And clearly, at least some of it, at least some significant section, you know, portion of it was directed at Steve Jobs. And I do feel like the 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 fervor and the the noise has calmed down to it to a degree. But clearly, people still latch on to Apple because of its products, because of uh, this vision that they are changing the world and that they are doing things that no one else is doing. And that would be extremely hard for somebody to screw up. And uh, I don't think they have by any stretch of the imagination. But time will tell. I mean, like you're saying, what happens next time they enter a new category? Um, who takes the reign? Who do we immediately think of when we think about the introduction of whatever's next? And then, and maybe only then, will we really know what do, what do the next 10 years of the Apple cult look like? So maybe we'll know by the full. Yeah, or four years from now. I mean, no one knows. I know you're pushing for a TV or some big phone or something crazy. but Well, no, it's just because, you know, we have a new product category this year, whatever that means. So who knows what it's going to be. Oh, yeah, the attempt did say that. So this could either be Apple's next big thing or Apple's next big failure, right? We have no idea. We don't know. It could be on the scale of the iPod or it could be on the scale of the iPod Hi-Fi. Because, you know, technically that was a new product category. One last point that I wanted to make is that um, other companies uh, like HTC or Samsung or, uh, I don't know, Toshiba apparently still makes computers. Um, <laughs> because I have one right now in front of me, so that's the only reason I know. Um, all these companies, as far as I know, don't have the same kind of retail presence of Apple. Because Apple has over 400 retail stores, and I think the, the exact number as of this week is 408 retail stores around the world. So you have a chance of walking on the street and seeing an official Apple store. And, uh, and, uh, and people, I know that people associate that kind of retail presence with uh, with a, with a with a, a feeling that going into that store, you're going to have the answer you're looking for or you're going to have great support or you're going to find the product that you're looking for. And I wonder if other, if people see all those other guys uh, like the cheaper options that you get maybe in a Best Buy or, or in another uh, retail chain that doesn't have the same kind of strong uh, uh, image and, and 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 assistance and support that Apple does. I, th- I think it's huge, and I think it's. I think that really feeds into what Mike was talking about and about how these you know Sammy's friends just went out and bought MacBooks, just kind of without anyone telling exactly. them to. Yeah, and I think that's really a huge thing, and it's it's funny that when other, I mean like so Sony had a retail chain, or I think still does here in the states, and like it was kind of not great. And 
I just don't see, like, if you're a company that takes your product seriously, I don't see how you leave it in the hands of Best Buy. I really don't. Um, but that's what they point. do, and yeah. they, I think they suffer for it. So you spend all these years developing this product, and you put all this emotion into it, in theory, and all this thought, and then you leave the last point, the most important point. You, you leave <laughs> Where that people up. actually buy it. <laughs> you leave that up to... Uh, a, a teenager at, at a mall who doesn't care who you yeah. can't directly train like i was in a i was in a phone store the other day and they had a samsung guy in there like it was a a network store but they had a samsung guy in there and i was thinking that's them trying to do this like they are putting employees in like network like operator stores like cell company cell phone operator stores yeah um and trying to you know drum up that business that way he's not an employee of the network he's an employee of samsung yeah anyway i think we should wrap up um i think this has been a great discussion i am i i personally believe that i am blessed to have you two on this show um because this sort of thought and insight i don't think you could get anywhere else so thank you gentlemen for your great discussion this week. You can find Stephen Hackett. He writes for his his weblog at 512pixels.net. Do you like weblog? I kind of do. It's kind of okay. old school. Yeah. So he writes 512pixels.net. And Stephen is on social networks. He is ISMH, Twitter and app.net and all those places. And Mr. Federico Vitici, he is the editor-in-chief, founder of MacStories.net. And you can find Federico. He is at Vitici, which is V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And I am Mike Hurley. <laughs> I don't have a website. I am a podcaster on 5 by 5 but you knew that already because I'm talking to you right now. And I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Prompt. We would love you to subscribe to the show. Go to 5by5.tv slash prompt and you can find links to iTunes. And you can also find RSS links. Or search in your app of choice, Pocket Cast, Instacast. We're in there. Just search in the directory for the prompt and you will find us. We know that you're going to enjoy the show going forward because we have lots of exciting stuff planned. We have some great topics planned and much more of this sort of discussion, I, I feel, will be great. And I know that we can definitely do it. So please tune in again next week for the prompt. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, gentlemen. Adios. Ciao.